Hi, and welcome to the 42nd Womanthology Podcast. My name is Fiona Tatton, and I'll be your host. Womanthology is a digital magazine and professional community powered by female energy and ingenuity. We champion equal recognition and reward for everyone, sharing opportunities, ideas, and a deep pool of collective wisdom, supporting each other to be unstoppable. This episode, we'll be celebrating International Women in Engineering Day, and we'll be hearing from none other than Samantha Hunsinger, who is a manufacturing engineer at General Motors in Detroit. A recent graduate, she'll be sharing the story of her career to date, her love for all things engineering, and why she is a passionate advocate for all things inclusion and diversity in the engineering space. As ever, Ines Santos will be sharing the details of the news stories in the written issue. Quick reminder that you sign up for the Womanthology newsletter by filling any details on the front page of our website, that's womanthology.co.uk. You can also join our LinkedIn community by visiting linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash womanthology and find us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Welcome to the Womanthology podcast. We have got Samantha Hunsinger, who is a manufacturing engineer at General Motors Detroit, Michigan in the States. How are you doing? How are you doing? I'm doing all right, and happy International Women in Engineering Day. Thank you, dear, and you as well. Isn't it a great day? It's a wonderful day to be catching up with you, because I think the last time we spoke, it was September 2020. Yes, it was some time ago, wasn't it? It feels like it was about last month to me, and then I look now and I think that was two years ago. So for listeners who missed our last conversation, please could you give us a quick recap of your educational background and career today? Absolutely. So I am a graduate now. I just graduated this last spring from the University of Michigan Flint. Could not be more excited. I put myself through school and I received my Bachelor of Science Engineering and I majored in mechanical engineering all throughout. Last time we talked, I was working at General Motors as well, but I was a contract employee. I was working at the mask plant or Project M as they called it. That was General Motors COVID-19 relief project. We were mass producing face masks. I'm talking 50,000 a night. And I did that all summer 2020 and then went back to school. Last summer, I had an internship with General Motors as a pre-production launch engineer, prepping test vehicles to get ready for testing. And since graduation, I have now hired on to the GM team officially as a manufacturing engineer, and I could not be more excited. Huge congratulations. And I did happen to see some lovely LinkedIn pictures. So I think there was a graduation picture. Huge congratulations and huge congratulations to GM for having the common sense to keep you on and hire you permanently. I'm very thankful for the company and for everyone on the team that I'm with. So tell me, what's the difference between working as a grad and working in a permanent role? To put it simply, there's much more responsibility. Before I was a student, it was understood that I wasn't fully finished with my degree. There might be some things that I may have not had a class on yet, whereas now it is expected that I know everything. I'm confident with my knowledge and my education, but it's definitely a little more nerve wracking in the best ways possible. More responsibility is also more exciting because you get more put on your plate. Yes. And I believe that you're not the first person in your family to work at GM. Tell me about this. I am not at all. So my great grandfather was at Cadillac Motor Company in Detroit back in the 1930s. And he was also on the quality end of things for some time. And then his son, my grandpa worked in the metal shop. He worked there for almost 40 years. And then my 
aunt worked more on the business customer relations side of things. So this is already three generations that are part of General Motors. And then I just hired on. So I would be a fourth generation General Motors employee for the Hunsingers. <laughs> My wow. grandpa was ecstatic about it. <laughs> well, I think you're a PR person's dream as well. We need to do a piece on the family through the ages, maybe. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Just a family tree with GM. Yeah. So how does it make you feel to be part of this dynasty of GM staff members? It's interesting because I've been around General Motors my entire life. It's cool. It's like a legacy I feel I'm carrying on. I'm a part of it because I love General Motors and it aligns with my own passions. And it's a fantastic company to work for. However, it's cool knowing that there's part of me that's already been here for some time. And if we're trying to imagine you on a day-to-day basis, what sort of things are we imagining you doing? Last summer, after the mask plant, I started on the team as a pre-production launch engineer intern. And essentially it was my job to make sure that all of General Motors test vehicles for certain programs were ready to go. So whether that be a barrier test, whether it be electrical tests, whether it be software, you name it, GM tests it before it goes into production. So it was making sure that the vehicles that we produced were ready for testing, which was extremely cool because you get to see the vehicles come together for the first time and we build them from the ground up. So that was an extremely excellent process to be a part of. And I continued that through my senior year of college. So I am on day number nine of being a manufacturing engineer officially. So the difference now is instead of looking at the vehicles, I am looking at the manufacturing side. So I'm looking at the tooling, I'm designing new tools. I am making sure the tools we have in our pre-production facility are going to match what we need in the plants, making sure that we can swap from a mid-sized truck to a full-size truck with the same tools, trying to figure out how to financially make that work. So instead of focusing on the vehicle, I'm focusing on how are we going to build it. Sounds really exciting. It is. So it's International Women in Engineering Day today. Why is it important for us to mark the day? How are you celebrating? Personally, I celebrate women in engineering every single day. I think it's something that should be recognized and celebrated every single day, especially with where we're at in society right now. We're almost to the glass ceiling. I don't think it's quite broken yet, but we're getting there. It's ridiculously important in all STEM fields to have a happy mix of men and women and whoever might it be. Inclusivity is ridiculously important. And the reason I say that is because everyone has different backgrounds. Everyone brings something different to the table. Women think differently about certain problems than men do. Scientifically look at how our brains work differently. We approach problems in different ways. My favorite example is seatbelts and vehicles. Initially, seatbelts and vehicles were only designed for the driver. It was a woman engineer who came in and said, let's make one for the passenger and for the kiddos in the back. And it's things like that. I'm not saying a man could not come up with that. It's just different um, people. It's different ideas, isn't it? Yes. Whoever they are, regardless, it's just diversity of thought, isn't it? Exactly. And I think it's something that needs to be celebrated because we're not quite there yet. We're not exactly where we need to be. So I think recognizing it is step number one in getting to where we need to be. We took a picture today at work of all the woman engineers at my facility at General Motors. (laughs) It was great because we had at least 20 women out in our courtyard and we took a big shot and we had a little celebration afterwards. It was fantastic to have all of us together just standing there, even if it was just for a picture, but just to recognize everything that we do. Not that we do anything more or different than 
the male engineers. I think celebrating milestones and days like International Women in Engineering Day is important to bring more inclusivity to the table because speaking for myself as a young girl who was very interested in aerospace, automotive, engineering, there's a lot of self-doubt because it is not a very female populated field. And so I think having days like that bring it to little girls' attention that, yes, I can do this. Even if they don't know any women engineers themselves, they might find out that that's a day and recognize it. And then that could be their gusto to keep moving. Engineers touch a lot more than I think people realize. For example, the chairs we sit in, the buildings we live in, the buildings we work in, the cars we drive. It's a lot more than just rockets, plane bridges. I mean, that's your go-to when you think of it. But literally every structure around you, computers, phones, there is an engineer behind everything. (laughs) And I love these shows. It started off on cable satellite channels, but now you see them on mainstream channels. These shows show you around a factory. So it would be like a factory like yours. And it's like, oh, wow, this is how they do this. Or this is how they do that. I was watching a program the week about the Heinz factory. So they were in the factory where they make the food and you're watching the production lines. And then they have to make sure that nothing goes in there that shouldn't go in the food. Because obviously you don't want, you know, bit of metal in the food or whatever. Love all of that stuff. And who are your engineering role models? Specifically, I don't have any one singular person. It is a mix of my entire team at General Motors. A lot of my professors, my engineering advisor from University of Michigan Flint was a big pusher for me. My grampy is a huge pusher. He is the most creative person I know. He never takes anything into a shop. He fixes it himself and he doesn't have an engineering degree, but for lack of a better term, he's an engineer by trade. He he takes pride in fixing everything by himself and he's ridiculously creative with it as well. Oh, I want to hang out with him. He sounds like a good person to know. He is excellent. If I ever can't figure something out, he's my first phone call. He'll talk me through it over the phone or sometimes he'll come over and help me with it or I can bring it over to his place. But he is the most creative person I know and he always has a way to tinker something to working again. Maybe not forever, but he'll figure it out. That's an engineer's job. So it's in the genes, clearly. So the genes work their way down to you. (laughs) And last time we spoke, we talked about the power of social media. And it was the power of social media that actually introduced us because I think I contacted you after I'd seen one of your posts on LinkedIn because you were this viral sensation. So we spoke about that before. But how important is it to have an actual strategy to your social media to support your broader career goals? Do you have a big strategy? Personally, I don't even know that I have a strategy in mind that I use. I think the best strategy sometimes is to have no strategy and to just be honest and true and be who you are, because I think that's the most real. So as far as my strategy goes, I post what I'm passionate about. I post what I'm excited about. I think of LinkedIn as a way to network. I think of it as a way to build myself and my career. I used to think of it as an online resume when I was a student, just because I was trying to get a job. Now I just think of it as ways to reach out to people who are also driven, who are also very career oriented, who are also excited about the same things that I'm excited about and connect with them that way. On my LinkedIn, I'll post things like you mentioned graduation. I'll post things like starting my new job. And those are typical things for a college graduate to post. (laughs) But I also think that it's important to get a message across 
I enjoy the audience on LinkedIn because it's a lot more, like I said, career driven for lack of a better term. It's a lot more grown up. There's a purpose behind it. There's one more thing that I want to talk about with social media is a way for people to give a deeper look into who they are because at work, Personally, I am super big into aerospace. I'd like to go into aerospace someday. That's always been my dream. I'd like to work for NASA someday. However, day-to-day at General Motors, you're not going to know that in conversation. But if you look at my LinkedIn, there's a lot on there regarding aerospace. I did a NASA competition for my senior capstone project in school. That type of stuff is on there. So I think it is a good way to also highlight those other parts of you that you might not see in other places or in day-to-day life. Absolutely. There's a richness as well, isn't there? So actually, there's people that you might sit next to day to day. But if you look and you find out, oh, yeah, they're into this, it can help you understand it. And it can help you work better with people and knowing what their aspirations are, but also what their strengths are. As far as strategies go, I know that there is some engineers that I follow on social media, whether it be on TikTok or Instagram or LinkedIn that I've come across and they help keep me going. And even as an undergrad, naturally there's times that you feel as though you can't do it. And as a woman in a male dominated field, especially being one of the only women in classes, being one of the only women at the jobs, there's a lot of pressure on that, but seeing women on social media who are doing it helped me to overcome it. I don't know that I do, but I like to think that somewhere out there, maybe there is someone who saw me that I could inspire in the same way that other women have inspired me. Well, you already have, because I saw you on LinkedIn. So that's how we know each other. So even if it's just one person, that's me. So you inspired me. There you go. Oh, Fiona, thank you. You're welcome. very much. (laughs) It's just, I think that starting young is extremely important in getting everyone, boys and girls invested in STEM. And if they can see someone older doing it, they know that that can happen. They know that they can do that as well. And I think that is also a really strong point of social media that I think gets overlooked a lot. Yes, I think absolutely. And in terms of advice to girls and women, or it could be boys and men as well, who are interested in careers in engineering, but aren't sure where to start. Is it ever too late as well? Because I know lots of people who will maybe go down one career path and then they're like, not sure I like this and I think engineering is something that you don't know about necessarily that we wouldn't always know to come back to it so what is your advice to people about their options but also when automotive companies for argument's sake are looking to connect with diverse talent whether it's women or other minority groups what is your advice to them as well first off I it is absolutely never too late never ever ever too late and if there's a will there's a way if you want it you can do it specifically for girls and women, there is always this misconception that you're not going to be able to do it or that the older you get, the more inact you're going to be with it. Furthest thing from the truth. If you want it, go for it, do it. It's an incredible field. I'm only in my twenties, so I can't speak from a, someone who is older going into that, but I know that I had colleagues or fellow students in, in college that that graduated with me that already had kiddos, they already were married and they were going back to school for it. And like I said, they graduated with me. So it is never too late. As far as where to start, when I was young, I started playing with Legos. That was what got me interested in it. I was always much more interested in Legos and my brother's train tracks and helping my dad with the car than I was playing with Barbies. So (laughs) that is certainly a good place to start. As far as someone older or possibly my age or going back to school to go into it, you could start at a local mechanic shop 
get a job there, maybe get your foot in the door there, have some hands-on experience, and then you have something to apply it to with school. Anything you can do hands-on is going to help you big time. You can also get involved in things like robotics competitions. It might seem silly, but flying RC planes or driving RC cars, you're going to break it. You're going to learn how to fix it. You're going to be able to apply that to it. NASA has competitions in the States or internationally. There's first robotics. Get involved in things like that. The most important thing, whether you're starting off or whether you're midway through or just getting started in your career, over getting into a mechanic shop, over networking, over getting experience anywhere, it all starts with believing in yourself. As tacky as that may sound, that is the most crucial because if you believe in you, everyone else is going to believe in you. If you think that you can do it, you're going to be able to do it. So you can have the entire world against you. And as long as you think you can do it, you got it in the back. Get involved in whatever you can STEM related, because then if you decide to go back to school, you can apply it there. Even just in every day-to-day work, you can apply it there. There's never a such thing as being too educated. There's always room to learn. There's always room to educate yourself. I know as a young girl, it was hard for me to come to terms with, yes, I can be an engineer. Yes, I can go into aerospace or automotive. I can do this. And there's a lot of pressure on young females and women in engineering, science, technology, engineering, math. So one of my favorite things to do is work with students. And I'm talking young students like preschoolers, grade school. In a way, I think we inspire each other because I might be introducing them to something that they've never seen before. And at the same time, they're inspiring me because children to me are the most creative age group ever. They're not embarrassed to have a bad idea. They're not embarrassed to say something wrong. They don't have the ego built up yet. Their ideas are always outside the box. (laughs) So while you bring something to them, they could also bring something to you. And what would your advice be to the automotive companies as well, who are looking to connect with diverse talent, whether that's women or it could be other minority groups as well? Diversity and inclusion in the workplace is one of the most important things. A really good thing to help block bias out is to have a blind interview or have a specific strategy within your interviews so that there is no possibility for bias. When you don't see face-to-face and you just see the resume and you just see the talent, it takes any bias out. So doing something like that can help connect with the diverse talent because you don't have the bias. That's a really great point. And so what's coming up next for you? What are you looking forward to? What are you excited about? I am ridiculously excited about starting my career. Like I said, I've only been here not even 10 days yet. I cannot wait to keep going, to learn more, to educate myself more beyond what I've already done, to put my education that I already have at the test. I love to learn every day. I love to meet new people every day. And now that I am graduated and actually in my career, I cannot wait to just make a living doing that. And also being creative, putting all my passions together in one. I still would like to go into aerospace. I know General Motors and Lockheed Martin just recently paired up to create the next lunar rover, the lunar mobility vehicle to help NASA. So being a part of that team would be very cool. That's a dream of mine. Just going into aerospace in general is something that I'm anticipating for myself and really aspirational about. Also on that note, I'm working towards my private pilot's license now. So the sooner I can get that, the better. (laughs) And I'm ridiculously excited to fly. Oh, well, well, can we follow your progress? Would that be all right? I think let's keep in touch. And will you tell us as your career 
unfolds and all these exciting things that you've got ahead, will you share them with us? Absolutely, Fiona. Absolutely. I'd love to. You guys are wonderful with Womanthology. I love what you guys do. And I'm so happy we got to talk again. And I hope we continue to. Well, absolutely. And right back at you. And happy, what a way to spend International Women in Engineering Day. So the greatest pleasure speaking with you. So you just take care and thank you so much. Thank you. I couldn't think of a better way to spend International Women in Engineering Day than talking with you as well. Hello, my name is Ines Santos. I am the Associate Editor of Womanology, and I am here to tell you all about our new issue, which celebrates International Women in Engineering Day, taking place on the 23rd of June this year. The stories include Gemma Singer, design engineer at Mom Incubators, tells us about working on life-improving and life-saving technology for a new neonatal incubator. 2022 has been a big year for Gemma, as she was shortlisted for Design Engineer of the Year at the British Engineering Excellence Awards. Charlotte Powell, Head of Bioenergy and Carbon Removals at the Department for Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy, discusses her work heading up the bioenergy and greenhouse gas removals themes under the department's £1 billion net zero innovation portfolio. As part of this work, Charlotte is currently supervising the investment of £130 million into innovation. Anna Avaliani, the Director of Enterprise and Sustainable Development at the Royal Academy of Engineering, tells us about overseeing the Academy's Enterprise Hub. The Hub supports the UK's brightest technology and engineering entrepreneurs to realize their potential by fostering lasting, exceptional connections between talent and expertise, with the aim of creating a virtuous cycle of innovation. Olga Konopka, Project Delivery Engineer at Crossrail, explains how she helped to deliver the brand new Elizabeth Rail Line. She shares her pure delight that the line was so well received by the public, having been opened by Her Majesty the Queen herself in the lead-up to the celebrations for the Platinum Jubilee. Modehi Letia Leputin, an operations and maintenance technician at Solar Africa Energy in South Africa, discusses her role monitoring photovoltaic solar panels. Modehi is the only woman in the technician role at her company. She explains how it's essential to be able to access power that is not only clean and sustainable, but also reliable. Do check out our website, womanfology.co.uk, to read the full stories. And that is all for me. Sadly, that's all we have time for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, if you want to support what we do, then share the link to the show on social media and also follow the show. Your feedback is really important, so please do rate and review the show in your podcast app. Join us for the next episode and issue where we'll be meeting epic women in robotics and artificial intelligence. That's all for now.